0: last weekend we got to experience the power of what happens when one person speaks up for Jesus because we saw people get baptized, all of whom had a story, and every one of their stories had one thing in common. Somebody talked to them about Jesus. If you missed last weekend, I'm going to give you an opportunity to relive it. Let's take a look at this together.
1: Conquer me, cause I belong to Jesus. Oh fear you'll never conquer me. Cause I belong. Come on, speak to that giant in front of you tonight. Oh fear you'll never
0: You saw us carry James into the tank. James rolled in in a wheelchair. He had hip replacement surgery on Tuesday. And he's just like, I am not going to miss this opportunity. What an incredible blessing. And there's so many more stories, and I'm going to share them with you. Church, we are short on time. You better be ready. Put on your seatbelt because I'm fired up, and I've had a lot of caffeine, just so you know. All right. Several years ago, Laurel and I got to experience... Uh, Fishing at the beautiful Sointula Lodge up on McDonald Island in Canada. What an experience. We would get up really early in the morning, go out on the water, and fish. And one day we're wrapping up our time, and I'm trying to catch up. Turns out my wife is a natural when it comes to fishing. And she's out fishing me two to one. And now it's a contest, okay? Some of you may not know my wife Laurel is actually legally blind. Laurel has Beatty's crystalline dystrophy, she can't see faces. If you ever wave at her and she doesn't wave back, she can't see you, just so you know. Her world is cloudy and distorted, but if you met her, you probably wouldn't even know she was blind because she's amazing. She's amazing. Well, Laurel's lack of sight did not impact her ability to catch fish. In fact, her heightened sense of touch allowed her to use a different kind of a reel, a challenging reel called a knuckle buster. And it was amazing to watch as she hauled in fish after fish after fish while I stood there waiting and waiting and waiting for something to bite my hook. We're wrapping up a day of fishing and I heard it again, fish on. Laurel grabs her rod and the battle is on. Here's a picture of her in the middle of what was happening, okay? Now, stick with me. Her rod bends and then it really bends. Laurel's battling a fish, but the fish doesn't budge and then it takes off in a different way than a fish would normally act. That's when our guide uttered these words. He said, You've been sealed. Laurel was attached to a rod. The rod was attached to a line. The line was attached to a hook. The hook was attached to a salmon that was now attached to a huge seal that was playing tug-of-war with my wife. Our guide wanted to cut the line because you don't beat a seal. It's just the way it works. But that's not the way my wife saw it. (laughs) She started battling, and that seal discovered there was a tenacious, never say die, I will fight to the last breath, Saskatchewan prairie girl on the other end of that fish. Laurel fought till her arms almost fell off, in and out of kelp beds. We were in a battle, and thanks to a skilled guide, we won. And we came home with a salmon that was missing half of its tail as a proof of that struggle. We got salmon, the seal got one bite of sushi. Now that is a fish story. (laughs) We're doing a series called Fish. Over the past two weeks, Pastor Josh and Pastor Brian have done an amazing job sharing Jesus stories, where somewhere along the way a fish shows up. The point of the series is not fish. It's the story behind the story of how Jesus uses ordinary people in extraordinary moments to change the world. Last week, Pastor Brian told us to go fish, and I will not allow him to use my last name as a punchline. So <laughs> this week, I'm gonna use the fish book and build on this theme because it's just so important. Your Bible says, passing alongside of the sea, he being Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew and the brother of Simon casting a net into the sea for their fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men and immediately they left their nets and followed him and going on a little farther he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother who were in the boat mending the nets and immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him when Jesus called his first disciples he told them what he wanted to be He didn't say, I want you to be religious trivia experts or theological brainiacs or even highly disciplined church leaders. He said, I will make you become fishers of men. The metaphor fit perfectly because these guys were actual fishermen. Jesus calls them out of the act of preparing nets. They're doing fish work and then the call of Jesus comes on to go fishing with him. Not for fish, but for people. From this moment on, for this group of guys, the goal would no longer be to fill a net with fish, but to fill heaven with people who were saved by Jesus. So let's start with a question. Why is it so easy to tell a fish story and so hard to share the story of Jesus with your friends and family? Recent article disclosed a very sad truth. Less than 8% of Jesus followers ever share their faith with another human being. Less than 8%. And less than 1% of Jesus' followers will actually lead someone into a relationship with Jesus in their lifetime. That's sad to me. Number one reason that people said kept them from sharing their faith was fear. We just don't want to have that awkward moment. We, We don't want someone to brand us as a religious lunatic. We don't want to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. So we say nothing. But what if it didn't have to be that way? Jesus doesn't ask us to do something he hasn't already equipped us to do. What if today you discovered the very skill set you needed to go fishing is actually already there? So how does fishing for people actually work? Well, I think the very best teachers are the very first guys that Jesus called to follow him in this adventure of fishing for people. And if you look back at scripture, it mentions Simon Peter, Andrew, and two brothers, James and John. After Jesus is resurrected, two of these guys go fishing in the middle of Jerusalem. Here's what happened. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his intention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, he jumped to his feet, began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I love this story. This is such a human encounter, right? A man has a need. He needs healing. He makes a request. He thinks he's going to get something. That's what it says. And then God brings two ordinary fishermen into his line of sight. The guy thinks he's going to get money, but God's going to give him something even more valuable. He's going to give him Jesus in that moment. Peter and John are just walking along, and this opportunity makes itself so apparent. And here's what happens. They act on it. That's so important. They don't just have good intentions. They see an opportunity and they act on it. How many times do we know we should say something? We know we should do something. We know we should give something, but we never take the risk. We don't speak up. We don't respond to the prompting of God. You know what I love about these guys? They just did what God told them to do. Picture it in your head. Here's this guy. They've seen him there at the temple before. They've had this request before. Hey, guys, I I need some money. And they stop. They stop. They realize this conversation, this moment is more important than their busy schedule. They stop. They show compassion. They share. Here's what Peter says. I don't have any money. But what I do have, I give you. Church, gonna ask you, what do you have to offer? Let me share four gifts that you can offer anyone right now, and in doing so, you can share the changing life, the story of Jesus. The first gift you have to offer is the story of Jesus. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I love telling the story of Jesus. I've been doing it for a long time, not the story of religion, absolutely not. Pastor Brian had a powerful quote from last week. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. Simon Peter was one of the first fishermen to follow Jesus. And we've learned from his story over the years. Boy, he had an up and down relationship with Jesus. He walked on water and then he sank. He passionately declared his love for Jesus and then he denied him. He lost his face and then it was restored. And when Peter was older and wiser, this is what he wrote about Jesus. He himself, meaning Jesus, bore our sin in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds. You've been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The story of Jesus is actually quite simple. We all wander, and he comes looking he rescues, he saves, he pays the price, he covers our sin, he changes everything, he inspires us to get baptized two days before we get a hip replacement. Come on, people. Jesus came, lived, died, and rose again. That's the story of God coming for you. Why? Because God wants to have a relationship with you. You have that story. If you know Jesus, you know that story. The question is, are you going to keep it to yourself, or are you going to share it? now let's get personal the second gift you have to offer is the story of jesus and you which by the way was always meant to be shared It was never meant for you to keep to yourself i love this verse in scripture romans 1 16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ let me say that again i am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes I am not ashamed of Jesus. Jesus was not ashamed of me when I was covered in sin and the muck of my own selfish decisions. decisions. And instead of giving me what I deserved, which was actual punishment, Jesus covered my sin with his own perfection and gave me a story to share. A story, not about what I've done for him, but about everything that he's done for me. Let me tell you a story that happened at CTK in the last three weeks. So Cameron came to a moment in his life that we can all relate to, right? Life was hard and he knew he needed help. Cameron remembered a guy who used to come into his work. What did he remember about the guy? He remembered he was always talking about Jesus. Always talking about Jesus. God stirred Cameron, pick up the phone and call. He called and he texted. And the guy, whose initials happened to be DJ and he's sitting right there, answered the call he answered the call dj knew he didn't need a game plan he didn't need his own game plan he just needed to be available for god to use him dj calls him back says okay let's meet woods in linden saturday morning they meet dj shares with cameron about jesus who saved his life and cameron's ready to accept christ and so they pray together in a coffee shop out loud for everyone to hear I like, something. I like that, that works for me, right? They're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And people over here, what's going on? And they're crying, it's amazing. And then DJ says to Cameron, you need to go get you a Bible. They walk over to the Christian bookstore. DJ tells Cameron, people that work here, they're probably Christians too. You need to share what just happened to you. Tell the story. Cameron tells the staff at the Christian bookstore. They're cheering for him, hugs all around. They're leaving the bookstore and they run into a young couple. DJ tells Cameron, these guys are probably Christians. Tell them what happened to you. <laughs> Cameron tells the couple that's coming in the door, I just gave my heart to Jesus. The husband of the couple says, I just gave my heart to Jesus on Easter. DJ says, where did you give your heart to Jesus? He says, "CTK Bellingham. He goes, which service? 930. DJ says, I was at the service where you went forward and accepted Jesus. This is a picture of DJ baptizing Cameron from last week. Look at that smile. Isn't that not amazing? Oh, and by the way, it gets better. This is a picture of the couple. This is Brendan getting baptized by his wife Sarah last week. Come on, church. Can you celebrate what God is up to? Whew. God's in the details. And you know how it started? One person talking about Jesus. Unashamed. Don't care who else is listening. Proud of the salvation that Jesus offered him and couldn't wait to share the story with someone else. You can offer the story of all that Jesus has done for you. You have another gift you can offer that's your obedience. You know, one of the reasons we don't share our faith is because we're afraid to get it wrong. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> do you think God is powerful enough to overcome your stumbling attempt to share him with someone that he loves more than you do? D- do you think God could make up the gap in case you got something wrong or didn't know exactly what Romans 1.16 was? <laughs> I believe God can take your availability and turn it into eternity for somebody else. Bible says this in 1 Peter 3. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, The Peter guy from the story who just shared with the man, but what I have, I give you. This is him again. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. I love this. The Bible says, be prepared. It doesn't say be perfect. Just Be prepared. Be gentle, be respectful, be faithful. That's how you revere Jesus as Lord. You worship Jesus by answering spiritual questions with gentle respect. Just so you know, this does not mean that you get to wait around and pray every day, God, help someone ask me a question. We often take that out, don't we? I'm just gonna hope somebody asks me a question today instead of simply being faithful in the moment being available. No, you live a life that focuses on Jesus. You speak of him wherever there's an opportunity. You know, this is the reason that Cameron went searching. He, He knew who to call. There was this guy. Do you know what that's called? That's called the sovereignty of God. God's moving pieces around. I'm gonna need this guy to walk into this business at this particular time. And X number of years later, this kid's gonna have a moment and he's gonna to need to make a phone call. And this is how we're gonna orchestrate this whole thing. God is in the details. Pen Gillette is a famous magician. He's one half of the illusion team, Penn and Teller. Pen Gillette is also a very well-known and outspoken atheist. He's not a man of faith, but he told a story that captured my heart. Penn Jillette told a story about a man who stayed after a show and gave him a Bible, a little Gideon New Testament as a gift. This man took a simple faith step. He brought a Bible as a gift. He wrote his contact information and shared the story of Jesus with a renowned atheist. Renowned. Penn did a video about this encounter, and, and in my humble opinion, an atheist did a really good job and preached a really good sermon about the importance of sharing your faith. In this video, he uses the word proselytize, which simply means to share your story, sharing the story of Jesus. This is what he said. Remember, he's an atheist, doesn't believe in faith, doesn't believe in God, and this is what he shared about the man who offered the gift of a Bible. He said, I believe that he knew I was an atheist, but he was not defensive, and he looked me right in the eyes. He was truly complimentary, and it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane. And look me in the eyes and talk to me, and then he gave me this Bible. He said, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. I mean, if you believe there's a heaven and hell, and that people could be going to hell or not, and getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, well, it's, it's not really worth telling them because it might make this awkward. Listen to this question. This is what he said. He goes, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? He goes on and says, I mean, if I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, but that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I'm going to tackle you. And this is so much more important. Church, can I ask you this question? Can we get really personal? How much do you have to hate someone to know the way to heaven and keep it to yourself? Your story was meant to be shared because the love of Jesus should compel you to share it. You can offer one other gift, it's your prayerful devotion. Matthew 9 says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Did you see that? The workers are few. What do workers on behalf of Jesus feel compelled to do? Well, we share the story because it was shared with us. We use our skills to serve people because Jesus served us with his whole life. We offer what we have because we know something. We can't take it with us and it all belongs to Jesus anyway. Our devotion to Jesus is real and tangible when we work in his harvest. You know, the the whole story of Peter and John, I love the fact that it starts with compassion. It's not grudging compliance. You could walk out of here today and go, okay, all right, I get it. Jesus said I had to share, so I'm going to do that. I have to. I probably should. If I don't, God will be sad or mad, so here I go. Fishing for men and women. Compassion says my family member, my friend, they need Jesus. And I have him. So I'm compelled to say something. I don't have much, but what I've got, I'm giving. Peter and John saw a man who needed a miracle from Jesus, and they acted with words and intentional connection. Friends, every person you know who doesn't know Jesus needs the exact same response from you. I wonder how many of us today could just acknowledge that we need to be the answer to our own prayer. Lord, send out workers. Isaiah 6, 8. Here am I, send me. God, I'll volunteer. Here it is. Following Jesus includes sharing your faith. At some point, your love has to include words and action. Now, I know. We're getting to the end of this. We're coming in for a landing, and some of you are going, nope. (laughs) Not happening, Grant. Thanks for the message. Appreciate the encouragement. I'm going to get some coffee. Some of you are like, that's just not me. I don't pray out loud in restaurants. I don't pray at all in restaurants. I do like a quick flyby, like just think of Jesus. I don't want anybody to think I'm weird or strange. Some of you are like, I don't have any answers. I care about about people, Grant, but this is your job. You're the pastor. You, You tell them. Or you're going, I, I, I tried this once. It did not go very good. Let's count the cost together. I am not going to sugarcoat this for you. You may never have a DJ Cameron moment. You might not. Sharing your faith could cost you something, especially in this culture. You could be ridiculed. You, you could get a strong reaction. It could be awkward. You might stammer. But this is the question. Do you trust God enough to follow his leading and be obedient when heaven and hell are hanging in the balance? Will you be available and ask God for opportunities knowing you may not know how the story's going to end, but God does. this is the reality if you are a follower of Christ the Jesus who died for you asked his followers to fish for people to not do so is to live in direct disobedience to the Jesus who saved you like Grant that's tension for me good it's tension for me too Some people go, you you just talk all the time. This is just so easy for you. You have no idea. I encounter exactly the same kind of fears that you do. When I'm sitting in an airport or going somewhere and God just says, I need you to go talk to that person, my first response is no. I'm on vacation. (laughs) I'm off. I'm off. I face the same pressure that you do. But here I know, here's what I know. One Available follower can change somebody else's life. You know what we need? We need some courage. We need some boldness. We need some passion. You know what Peter and John were looking at here? They've got people following them around going, if you make the wrong move, we're going to kill you. And they were. Church, we need to reactivate that muscle of bringing and including, welcoming people in. I'm on a bit of a roll, so I'm gonna stay for it. Some of you are at home today for very good reasons. You're not feeling well. You have to look after somebody. You're extended care for people. I get it. I understand, and I so love that we have an online option. I so, so do. Some of you are sitting at home because it's just become convenient, and I'm gonna tell you something. Your faith family needs you Here. Because your presence matters. And if you have a problem with that, you can write me a letter. I would love to respond. Whatcom County has 220,000 people in it. We think, conservative estimate, there's about eighteen to 20,000 Jesus followers. You know what that means? There's all kinds of fish. And they need Jesus. And you've got the story. Share it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Share it. Would you pray with me? Lord, these words mean absolutely nothing if we don't act. So, God, I pray right now you'd plant the face of someone who doesn't know you in the center of our mind, in the center of our heart right now, God. And I pray, I pray that we would be moved by their need for Jesus. God, find us faithful. Find us faithful. Give us the courage that we need right now to be bold to be courageous to speak Jesus Lord we've seen the fruit this morning of what happens when one person speaks the name of Jesus out loud God give us courage and boldness to do it in our own unique way but Lord, to to truly become what you dreamed that we would become. Fishers of men, fishers of women, fishers of children, fishers of friends, fishers of family. God, push our courage into a place of faith and trust. Lord, help us to be bold, not with our agenda, but with your heart. We pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. Would you stand with me for just a moment? I will tell you exactly where this starts. It starts when we start praying and speaking Jesus over our family and our friends. That's where it starts. I got a person right here. I need for them to be right here. I need to see it as my mission to share. I, I, can't, I, I, I can't guarantee any response. All I know is this. God told me to plant seeds and fish. I'll leave the catching up to him. But it starts with speaking Jesus. So We're gonna give you an opportunity to do that right now church we need to activate our courage it starts with a bold declaration of speaking jesus over someone that you love this is not the end of church it's the beginning of a mission we're going to do it together let's pray as we worship